Boston College Football has their schedule and a new offensive coordinator. What will the next season look like for the Eagles? And what could this offense look like with new offensive coordinator John McNulty? We're going to discuss all of this and more on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Happy Tuesday, everyone. On today's show, we're going to dive into the schedule for Boston College football that released on Monday evening. We're also going to talk a little bit about the new offensive coordinator who all who everyone has uh, already announced that he's coming. I have my sources already confirmed that he's there, but the school has not yet confirmed him as their new offensive coordinator. Before we jump into that, just a little personal news. It finally bit me. I have COVID. So uh, yesterday I had joked that I thought it was allergies. Uh, uh, I tested negative all week long, and then I took another test on Monday afternoon, and boom, have it. I feel fine. My voice is bad, and I have congestion. But I wanted to continue. There's so much news going on with Boston College sports that I could not take this time off. I feel good, so I'm going to keep talking to you guys. So just as long as you guys can handle my kind of scratchy voice, um, we're going to have some fun and we'll get through this together. So thank you all. I got a bunch of well wishes for that, but no need to because I'm feeling pretty great. So Monday evening, the ACC released the 2022 schedule and Boston College knows where they're going to be playing for the upcoming season. And, you know, heading into this release, we already knew a bunch of games. We knew the Rutgers, Virginia Tech, Maine, UConn, and Notre Dame games because those were all released ahead of time. But we got the rest of the bulk of the schedule. So without further ado, I'm going to read it quickly and then give you some analysis. September 3rd, Rutgers at at Alumni Stadium. September 10th, at Virginia Tech. September 7th, Maine at Alumni Stadium. September 24th, at Doak Stadium against Florida State. October 1st, Louisville. Uh, October 8th, Clemson, both at home. October 14th weekend is a bye weekend. That's their bye. October 22nd, at Wake Forest. October 29th, UConn. November 4th, a Friday night game against Duke. November 12th, at NC State. November 19th, at Notre Dame. And November 26th, at Syracuse. So first of all, what do I think of the schedule? What's what's some of my takeaways? Okay, starts off right away. When you first look at the start of the schedule, what's, what hits me immediately is that this is a much more challenging start of the season than Boston College had in 2021. Remember, Boston College started last season with Colgate, UMass, Mizzou, and Temple. Three of those games were cakewalks, and the last game against Mizzou wasn't that hard. You're starting this off. With Rutgers, a team on the ascent. And I know we make lots of jokes about the Scarlet Knights, you know, that they're the bottom feeders of the Big Ten and whatnot. Credit when credit's due. Greg Schiano has that program heading in the right direction. They have a four-star quarterback in Gavin Winsat, who started off looking really strong in 2021 at the end of the season. They just brought in Taj Harris, who is one of Syracuse's leading wide receivers from 2020, sat out the last season. I mean, they got some weapons and Schiano's recruiting really well. Don't sleep on this game. It's going to be a good one for Boston College, and it's going to be a tough one. And really, when you have a, a quarterback like Phil Dracovic and Zay Flowers out there, 
this is the perfect game to start off a season. And like, I think Boston College should be favored in that game, but it's no main. It's no, you know, Wagner or any of those types of schools. This is this is real deal starting it off. Then you look down. You play Virginia Tech after that. Now, that's good. I like that this is the second game of the season, and it's at Virginia Tech because, you know, Virginia Tech had a ton of talent leave in the transfer portal. Braxton Burmeister left. They're, they have a new head coach. You know, there's a ton of there's going to be a ton of turnover. It's going to take some time for the Hokies to rebound. Um, and I don't know if they're going to be ready at that point to, to battle Boston College. So you get them early. That's good. That's a good spot to get them. Then you get Maine. That'll be a win. Then at Florida State, at home against Louisville, at home against Clemson, and at Wake Forest. That is a tough four-game stretch for BC right there. That's four teams that beat Boston College last season. Two or three of those, two games, I'll say, uh, three of those games, I'll say, were games that if Phil Dracovic won, uh, played and was healthy, they probably could have won, but they didn't. I mean, you know, against Florida State, he was there, he wasn't healthy, and they lost. Against Louisville and Clemson, that was Dennis Grossell game, so you really can't count that. But I'm telling you right now, Clemson's going to be a different Clemson team next year. BC had their chance to beat them, and and they didn't get it. So I don't know if this, you know, Clemson's got a whole bunch of turnover in terms of staff. I don't know if that's going to change anything, but... They're going to be a tough team to play next year. And, of course, the biggest joke is Boston College gets Clemson at home. Boston College hasn't had Clemson at home since 2018, I think it was. So it's been four years since they played Clemson at home. Uh, that that seems like it's been – that's like eons in college football. I mean, it's, Steve Adazio was the head coach, and uh, Anthony Brown was the quarterback at that point. So – Actually, it was Dennis Grossell that played that game, but Anthony Brown was the starter that year. But So you get those games. You get a tough stretch there. Then you head off to UConn, which I'm not going to make any jokes about UConn here, but um, I'm not buying on Jim Mora as their head coach. I'm just going to put it that way. I, don't, I do not see it, but whatever. Uh, and then it's a quick turnaround against uh, Duke, excuse me, on a Friday night game against Duke. I, th- I said this on the site. It's a weird Friday game. Like, you'd expect Boston College to play, like, Virginia Tech or Wake Forest or, like, a good game. Like, usually you don't get a team that was in dead last place playing against a team that was, like, middle of the pack in the ACC on a Friday night. But you get Duke. I mean, if you want any team to play on a short turnaround, it's Duke. Duke was really bad last year. And I know they got a new head coach, but it's going to take some time for Mike Elko to fix that program because they have bare-bones talent right there. Um, and he's got some work to do. So, I mean, for a, a game where you could get that kind of turnaround, it's good. Next two games are tough. Two games on the road against NC State and Notre Dame. Two good teams. And then you end the season at home against Syracuse. Another team we haven't played at home in a long time. So, um, the bye comes in at a perfect time. Uh, it's between Clemson and Wake Forest. If they had to play back-to-backs against Clemson and heading on the road to play Wake, that would have been really, really tough. Because you know Clemson... They have that rub where it's like, you know, they wear down a team and the team after them usually gets kind of a shell of whoever plays Clemson. Now, I haven't had a chance to look at who BC gets to play that that played Clemson the week before, but that's something always to watch for. So we got a little lucky there. Boston College got lucky because they get Clemson and then a bye week. So they get to ice their wounds and, and, and regroup to play against Wake Forest. I'm not saying um, that that is... Uh, detrimental to Boston College at all, but that's where it is. Now, 
I always look at these schedules and I always have my thoughts like, oh, this is sets up perfectly for a nine and three schedule or an eight, four and five, six and six, whatever. I'm, I'm really having a hard time keeping with that because things change for every team, right? We go in with, with these grand ideas. I said nine and three last year and then Phil Dracovic broke his hand. I couldn't have predicted that was going to happen. I mean, anyone who says that they could predict that was going to happen is, is a liar, right? That, you know, you could say that Jakovic was injury prone, but we didn't know that he was going to get hurt and Dennis Grossell was going to be so in, um, struggle so much and that offensive line was going to struggle. So I don't know. I don't want to give any predictions on what my schedule is. I need to see where this team looks on defense because I think that's going to be the next big step is if, if they can get some talent in on that defensive end, if, if some of these guys develop, then we could see a 9-3 or an 8-4 team. But there's a lot of challenges there, and it's going to be a tough year for BC, so we'll have to see what happens. In a moment, we're going to talk about one guy that could bring Boston College to that promised land, their new offensive coordinator. Now, for all of you out there that have made Locked On Boston College your first listen, I want to thank each and every one of you. If you've made this the first thing you do every morning, whether it's as you make breakfast or walk the dog or drive to work, Thank you so much. And if you haven't already, make sure to like and subscribe to us to make sure you get all of our podcasts. There may be less football being played, but betonline.net has way more odds and info for this playoff season. From scores, totals, playoff performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. So head on over to BetOnline, where the game starts. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black. Um, On Monday, it was not announced yet, but every media uh, outlet, including myself, had all the breaking news that John McNulty, Notre Dame's tight end coach, is going to be the next offensive coordinator for the Boston College Eagles. Now, this was a bit of a surprise name, but if you look into his history, what he's done, it makes a lot of sense. His resume is very similar to uh, Frank Signetti. Jeff Halfley clearly is picking a guy that has a mix of pro and college experience. I mean, you look at Signetti. Signetti had experience with the Seahawks and Green Bay Packers and all those other NFL teams, along with Rutgers, Pitt, and in and, 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 and the college ranks. I mean, that's basically what McNulty has. You know, he he coached the Arizona Cardinals, Tennessee Titans, a couple other NFL, uh, San Diego slash Los Angeles Chargers, then he goes to Rutgers. He has time at Penn State, Notre Dame, and now with Boston College. A very similar mix there. Um, and he has experience. I always I was thinking, like, you know, if they're going to go with a coach, they have to get a coach that has quarterback coaching experience. And that's exactly what McNulty is. Now, his last stop was a tight ends coach at Notre Dame. But look at his NFL experience. He coached, you know, for Arizona and Tennessee as their quarterbacks coach. So he has a lot of quarterback coaching experience. I don't know if he's the same kind of quarterback whisperer that Frank Signetti had the the, uh, reputation for, but I think he's a solid choice. And, you know, he comes with a great reputation. As I said on yesterday's show, and I kind of talked quickly about it, um, 
Tommy Reese, the offensive coordinator for the Notre Dame, really, you know, he's a younger offensive coordinator. I mean, many of us remember when he was quarterbacking Notre Dame in the last, like, what, 10 years? He trusted McNulty as kind of like a, a confidant and advisor, you know, because McNulty's in his 50s, you know, Tommy Reese is in his 30s. He was kind of that elder st- spokesman, the guy that could talk and do the right things. So I think he brings in a great pedigree. Will he change a lot of this offense? I think that remains to be seen. I don't think he will. I think what you're going to see is a lot of the same basic pro-style offense. He's not going to go to any sort of gadget system or anything like that. But I wanted to see um, what he, he thought. So I looked it up, and on the banks, a Rutgers blog as part of SB Nation had some quotes from McNulty's initial press conference when he joined Rutgers back in 2018. And I think it gives a good insight and some analysis into what he thinks. Here's here's what he says. He goes, I think recruiting appears to have changed in terms of the social media aspect, McNulty said. In the end, I think it will be like this all over, like it was before. Like Tom Savage chose this place over Georgia. He's talking about Rutgers. And like DC J- Jefferson chose this place over LSU, again, he's talking about record. He goes, I know he ended up being a tight end. This is a legitimate pro offense. It will prepare you to play at the next level. There's a lot of college elements that are built in, definitely. We can look, honestly, look at a kid in the eye. Yeah, we need to need it to, we need to win. I got it. But we can prepare them at all these positions to go and play at the next level. He then says, the overall theme is to protect the football, protect the quarterback, run the football. Whatever you get into scheme-wise, those are the number one principles to live by. Can't get the quarterback hit, sacked a lot. We didn't get him hit a whole lot last year with the Chargers last year either. Turnovers are the number one thing that gets you beat. In the end, running this football is the only way to win in the conference. That also leads to great play-action shots down the fields. Those are the underlying principles of all of that. Now, if I were to tell you that that was not, if I was to say that that was Frank Signetti, you would say, oh, that sounds exactly like something he would say. Because it sounds like the exact same philosophy Boston College has had over the last three years, right? Jeff Halfley has praised uh, his system as a way to get college kids ready for the pros. Like, they're not going to do the gimmicky stuff because that's not the system they're going to use. A, because it's not what they want to do, and B, because it doesn't get the kids ready for college. You can't get systems quarterbacks into the call in the, into the pro levels and be successful. Like for every Colt Brennan, uh, rest in peace, and some of those you know air raid quarterbacks, other than Patrick Mahomes, um, you're not you're going to get a million other quarterbacks that are going to be rated a lot higher than them. So I think it's important that these pro style things are important, but I loved what he said that he's going to say that there's college elements that are built in. Um, one of the things that we didn't see with Signetti last year were those college elements. You know, he stuck so consistently with that pro style that he kind of lacked the ingenuity to add pieces of that college element. I think that's important. When you got guys out there with the speed like Zay Flowers, with the speed and, and agility of some of these other kids that are coming in, you need to be able to do some of the gimmicky stuff. You need to make your bread and bones with the pro style, but you need to be able to do the college stuff. And that's what McNulty said, at least when he was at Rutgers. It'll be interesting to see if he brings that same philosophy here. Um, And, you know, the overall theme is to protect the football, uh, protect the quarterback and run the football. I mean, Jeff Halfley says that exact same thing every week at, at press conferences. So 
I mean, just listening to this guy talk, he seems like the perfect Boston College fit. Now, I know some of you guys were hoping for bigger names. You were hoping for those uh, elite guys. I, I saw someone re- tweeting at me, Joe Brady. Joe Brady was never coming to Boston College. He's going to be a head coach somewhere, or he's going to be an elite offense coordinator at the NFL or college level. You know, I think there could have been bigger names they could have gone for, but I think McNulty is a good choice. And I think Boston College fans are going to like what he's going to be able to do with Phil, Phil Jakovic. And he's got experiences with tight ends. That's important. And, you know, he says the deep play action pass. That's exactly what Frank Signetti was doing. But we'll have to see, you know. We'll have to see how he changes some things, how he views his offensive line, which was a, a bit of an issue last year. And we'll get all that answer when they start spring practice in about a month. Now, in our final segment, we're going to chat and give you all the Boston College news and tidbits from this week and this weekend, Boston College Sports, and on Monday. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for you your local auto chain parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or something seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts when you can sit in the comfort of your own home and order at rockauto.com. It's all in your pocket. Save time and money when using rockauto.com. Why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to all your auto parts needs. Go over to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write Locked On in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com So I wanted to talk a little bit, this is AJ Black again, I want to talk a little bit about the women's basketball team who dropped two games in a row now. Um, I was saying last week that it was really important that they pick up a win in one of these two games. They didn't. They lost to Notre Dame 74-61, the game that they just were not really in all that much. Cam Schwartz scored 18 points. Um, Notre Dame just really kind of took care of this game. they took a 29-18 lead late in the second period, and they just controlled. Now, Boston College beat Notre Dame at home. They headed out to South Bend. They just could not win this one. So they got a big game. I mean, Virginia's not very good. So this should be a win for Boston College, but anything can happen. But hopefully they can they can uh, take that win easily. That's going to be on Thursday. Uh, that game will be on the road at Virginia. Now, we're catching up the National Signing Day for college football is coming up, and there's two names to watch for. On yesterday's show, I talked about Robert Harris, a Western Kentucky transfer who was at Boston College. I said, I think he's going to end up at Boston College. He has not yet announced, but he, his entire social media feed has been all Boston College stuff, so he'll be one to watch for. And, to, and speaking of defensive backs, Isaiah Farris, a uh, defensive back from Fort, Fort Lauderdale, the same hometown as Zay Flowers. They went to different schools. They went to University High School. Um, he is from Bishop Gibbons, I believe it's called. Um, I have a full interview with Ferris coming up today on the site for premium subscribers. Check that out. I mean, I could see both of these guys committing to BC. We'll have to wait to see uh, who pops, but I think there's going to be some uh, interesting news. I think BC might be able to pull in too. And for those that are saying, oh, but they got, you know, they got so many defensive backs. What are they going to do with all these defensive backs? Here's how to view, view it, right? Sean Asbury was supposed to be a defensive back that was going to produce next year, right? He transferred. That spot is open. 
And that happened after basically the class of 22 early group signed on. So he has a spot. I feel like that would be one role. And then the second one, Jamal Hood. And again, a late decommitment from Boston College, a defensive back. There's two spots. So you have those two spots. You fill it with Harris, you fill it with Ferris, and you get your guys back in. So I think that's kind of where they they must be envisioning, envisioning this um, because they're not really looking at other positions at this point. And one little news note, to, I, I, I didn't put it with the McNulty section, but... Um, a name to watch for that I've seen pop around already for Notre Dame's tight end position is Steve Shimko, uh, Boston College's tight end coordinator. Um, it's interesting. I don't know if he's someone that they truly are looking at. I haven't seen a like full list of names, but um, you know Shimko has done a nice job with tight ends between Barry and Hunter Long. So he's held in high regard. Would a team like Notre Dame like him? You'll have to stay tuned. If I hear more buzz about this, I've got my connections with Notre Dame. Um, I'll let you know first. Thank you all for listening. This is AJ Black. Again, thank you all for for tuning in as I uh, kind of power through these episodes. If I can continue to record, if my voice continues to hold up, I will record again tomorrow as we recap Boston College basketball as they take on UVA. So stay tuned for all of that. Um, if I can't, I will make sure to tweet it at LockedOnBC. But I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I, I'm telling you, I'm gonna get through this, and I'm gonna make sure that you guys all get your podcasts. Uh, Make sure to follow me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. And thank you all for listening, and we'll see you all again soon. Take care, everyone.